Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. At 610 on this Tuesday morning, doing your taxes can take hours or more. It's always that uncertainty when you start the process. Do I really know what I'm doing here? See, I understand the tax code better than anybody that's ever run for president. Yes, sir. Well, that may be. But for the rest of us, you may notice some changes to your tax bracket this year. Here's ABC's Daria Albinger with today's tax tip. Changes. There will be changes. I'm Daria Albinger with today's tax tip. Inflation's changed just about everything, including how you'll file your income tax return. Important thing to know about 2022 taxes is that the tax brackets are changing and they're going to change in 2023. Also, they change every year to adjust for inflation. As a result, you might end up in a different tax bracket this year than you were last year, and you may end up in a different tax bracket in 2023 than you were in 2022. Caleb Silver, editor-in-chief at Investopedia, breaks it down. Well, for individual filers who earn around the median income of around $66,000, you're going to be in the 22% tax bracket. For households that are in the median income of around $78,000, you're going to be in the 12% tax bracket. So the brackets are widening, but the tax rate remains the same. You can find more information on how those changes could affect your return on the IRS website, irs.gov, or the app irs to go With today's tax tip, Daria Albinger, ABC News. Tax tips are brought to you by the Neal Group for less stress with the IRS. Visit neilgroup.net, that's N-E-A-L group.net, for a free consultation. I really don't know what I'm doing. Can you tell me how much I owe and I'll just pay it? No, we can't do that. You have to figure out that amount for yourself. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. QB Watch in Green Bay is getting spicy. Monday kicked off the NFL owners' meetings in Arizona, and Packers general manager Brian Gutekunst addressed the media, providing details at what point things shifted this offseason in regards to Aaron Rodgers. I think obviously it was a disappointing season, right? And you come out of the season, you have a lot of conversations not only with Aaron, but with uh, the rest of the team, coaches, and everybody. And as you go through that process, you kind of get an idea of where you're going to move to, you know, as a team, how you're going to go forward. And I think I was really looking forward to the conversations with Aaron to see how he fit into that. Uh, those never transpired, so it, you know, there, there came a time where we kind of had to we had to make some, you know, decisions. So we went through his representatives to try to kind of talk to him where we were going with our team. And at that point, um, you know, they informed us they would like to, to be traded to the Jets. Many questions always surrounded Green Bay as soon as their season ended January 8th, most notably about whether or not 12 would play again in 2023 and if it would even be in Titletown. Goody also addressed the inability to reach Rodgers this offseason and shared his disappointment over the lack of conversations. I mean, you'd love to have those conversations, right, about where our team's going and, and how you might fit into that. Um, those run, we were unable to have those, so um, it is what it is. But um, at the same time, I do feel, you know, I mean, Aaron's been a great player for us, and, um, you know, he, uh, he means a lot to the organization. There's a lot of gratitude there. Um, but those conversations would have been nice. So with all that being said, when did the Packers and their front office make the decision to move forward? Yeah, I think it was really clearing that's probably more mutual than anything else. It was our kind of letting his representatives know where we're at as a football team and that we'd like to have conversations and then them kind of letting us know that that wasn't going to work and, and we'd like to trade them. So that's, that's really kind of how it is. The owners' meetings continue today in Arizona and Packers head coach Matt LaFleur is expected to meet with the media later this afternoon. Over to the NBA, where the NBA's best was back at it last night in the Motor City. 
And with the out, Giannis or Drew Cash, Money Middleton helped carry the squad to another victory. Middleton's going the other way. Transition three, all net. Cash, Money Middleton looking confident early in this one. He's hit five of his first seven from the floor. He's got a team high 11 points. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ. Middleton would finish with a season high 34 in the Bucks, would outlast the Pistons by a final of 126 to 117 for their league's best. 54th win of the season after the game. Head coach Mike Budenholzer speaking on Chris Middleton and how well he's played since coming back from injury. When he's playing, he looks good to me, you know, and uh, there's still, I'm sure, a little bit of just that maybe final layer of conditioning. You know, I'm sure, you know, he'd love to to shoot it, you know, a little bit better from the three-point line. And, you know, that could be, he's just going to keep working, try and keep getting good looks for him. And But mostly, I, I think he's played well since he's been back. And, you know, we've obviously been diligent how we ramped him up. But defensively, I think he's doing some good things. Um, his pace and some of the pick and rolls, his ability, he's getting to the free throw line more this year. Maybe there's a few little things, but um, in a lot of ways, you know, I think he's he's better. The Bucks now have a two-game lead over the Boston Celtics for the number one spot in the Eastern Conference, and they are back in action Wednesday night in Indiana. And last but never least, Wisconsin basketball is back tonight as they get ready to tip off against North Texas in the NIT semifinals beginning at 6 p.m. This college basketball tournament update is brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. Coming up, we're less than a week out from the Brewers' home opener in American Family Field. We're going to talk about the new look and menu at the restaurant there in left field. We'll talk to John Leinenkugel, yes, of those Leinenkugels, next on Wisconsin's Morning News. At 621 on Wisconsin's Morning News, you know, the Brewers' final spring training game is today in Arizona. Games that count begin Thursday in Chicago, and then it's opening day at American Family Field, Monday, April 3rd. Opening pitch, bullseye, we are underway. Oh, that's going to be great. Later today, the Brewers set to fully unveil all the changes to the restaurant out in left field. Polish sausage, little kraut, little mustard. Oh, baby. Yep. One delivery. No, baby. (laughs) Thanks, Uke. We're talking about the place, actually. It was once Friday's Front Row Sports Grill, and then the Brewers rebranded that, changed it to the restaurant to be named later. And now this season, the restaurant has a name. It's Jay Leinenkugel's Barrel Yard. And so they're going to not only... They not only have a full new menu and stuff out here, but then also they're actually brewing beer at the home of the Brewers, American Family Field. So Leinenkugel's is going to create couple of stadium-specific beers that you can only get there. What do they call that? Brand Synergy? I believe that's Brand yeah, Synergy. That's yeah, perfect. you got it, that pal. That is right. such a great idea. So uh, they're going to unveil the full menu today and show you a little bit more around. I mean, the, the physical structure of the restaurant is what it is, right? But uh, the decor is going to change. And then this is a place where you can not only go during the ball game, they have ticket packages that are available if you want to sit out on that porch. So then you have that restaurant service that comes and goes, which is really cool. What I've always liked about the restaurant idea at the ballpark is the opportunity when they're, when the brewers aren't there to still go out and use the facility. When people came into town, like if we had people in from out of town, I would love to take them there because then they get to see inside our amazing baseball stadium. I mean, it can be, you know, winter or whatever. And you're like, oh, check this out. This is where the brewers play. And you could also play golf. 
<laughs> That's right. Upstairs at but, the uh, X-Golf facility. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, though. It, it is such a cool facility. People always want to see the ballpark for whatever reason it is, and giving them an opportunity to be able to go and see it. And also, I think having a name like so synonymous with Wisconsin and, and Milwaukee and Leinenkugels, it's going to be a draw to people. I think it's not going to be something that you just happen to do when you're at the ballpark. It's going to be a reason that people want to go. You get to see maybe a mini brewery tour, do something along those lines. So I think this is a, a fantastic idea. Not to mention the product. Again, I'm, I'm, my understanding is whatever they brew there is going to be available only there. So you can't buy it in stores, and you can't even buy it at other parts of the ballpark. If you want to have this, the special lineys, blends, whatever they're brewing up, you got to go over to the J. Line and Kugel's barrel yard there. So if uh, folks know this, right, it's the left field corner, and you're on the field level is where you enter. It's just a it's it's a cool spot. It is really, and you have giant like floor to ceiling windows. You can see the you can see the grass. You can see the field. It looks great, even if there's no baseball being played on it. Oh, the grass! Oh, so oh, I knew that. Would get, I knew that would get you. <laughs> well, and speaking of the grass, I don't know what we're talking about. For let me see if I can pull up our forecast. Not that it's the same in Chicago, but our weather for Thursday: cloudy, snow, and rain late with a high of 48 degrees. Can you pull up Chicago weather as we look for opening day? Because the Brewers start on the road this year. We have our, our actual season opener is at Wrigley Field on Thursday. I'm just going to go out on a limb before I can get it pulled up here and just say it's going to be bad. <laughs> right. Thursday. But are okay. we playing ball? Thursday, the 30th, high of 49, little chance <laughs> of rain. It's actually the best day there this week. Wednesday looks gross, 38 and 45% chance of rain. Friday, 61, but a 66% chance of rain. So it does look like we're going to get some baseball in on Thursday, high about 50 degrees. Minor chance of rain. Do it's not have, great. Do they have Saturday, Sunday in there as well or no? They have Saturday. Because we have Friday off. Yeah, Saturday. we get it in Thursday, and Thursday, I guess, looks good. Yeah, but that might be the best day to go. Thir- oh. or Saturday, 43 degrees, chance of some rain. Sunday, oh, 56, no chance of rain, really, 4%. So it could be all right. I mean, it's more uh, uh, football weather, I think, than it is than baseball weather at this why, point. Why do but, the schedule makers do this? Yeah, I don't know. Why? Unfor- unforced error, I think. Why do we do is. this? Do not schedule the opening week in Minnesota, Cleveland, Chicago. Not unprecedented for Minnesota to get snowed out. Snowed out. Right. Cleveland did too. That's right. Years ago. Yeah. If you were Major League Baseball, wouldn't you say if you guys want an opening day and you live north of uh, St. Louis or something along those lines, you live north in one of these northern teams, if you want an opening day, you're either going to have to build a stadium with a retractable roof Please. or a domed stadium. <laughs> because, like, you, you. Right. Yeah. It just seems so disjointed to yeah. have something on the north side of Chicago in March and just assume that it's going to be okay when you could just go, what, 90 miles north and we have a dome? Your Baseball would definitely get played here. For sure. Monday, April 3rd, broadcast time here for the home opener for the Brewers is 1235 for the 110 first pitch. That is Monday for the home opener. Opening pitch. Bullseye. We are underway. That's going to be amazing to hear. Bob Uecker on the call. On Monday, and again, the Brewers open the season on the road at Wrigley Field on Thursday. Bang, bang. 626 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Let's go. Still lots more to come on Wisconsin's Morning News right now. Still this season at the Marcus Performing Arts Center, Frozen, Hades Town, and Tootsie. That will close out the Broadway season early this summer. But MPAC unveiled its 2023-24 calendar already with a big show last night. Oh, 
That's uh, Broadway's Major Attaway performing a song from Aladdin the Musical. He's the genie. And he'll be one of the stars of the show when Disney's Aladdin kicks off the new season in October of this year. Broadway Across America puts on the programming at the Marcus Performing Arts Center in the Broadway series. Chrissy Deers was in town for the season announcement. One of the biggest seasons we've ever had. It's, you know, got three Broadway, or excuse me, three Wisconsin premieres coming, seven big Broadway titles. We have a show that's playing for a couple of weeks, Moulin Rouge, which is always a big, over-the-top, spectacular show. And it's really just one of the best seasons we've ever been able to put together. Also included two plays. They're going to do To Kill a Mockingbird and Clue, which is very funny. My kids at the high school did it, um, not this past season, but the season before. Very funny show. Has it been has it been a show for a while? Yeah, I think. Okay. You know, it's adapted from the film, which was adapted, of course, from the game. And so if if you're a fan of the game, you will like Love this. Love the game. Also yep. very funny. The rest of the musical lineup then, you heard her mention Moulin Rouge. I was at the announcement yesterday, Mike, and it was very large house. A lot of people who are season ticket holders and other donors and friends of donors. So a lot of people there for the big announcement. When they mentioned Moulin Rouge, the place went nuts. So I don't know much about that show, but uh, they're very excited about that. That's going to be a two-week run. A lot of dancing, right? That's Moulin Rouge. That's the Pretty thing. Pretty staple. And big set pieces. Yes. That, at least that's what I think about. So that's going to close out the season next spring. Also, Funny Girl, Mamma Mia, classic that everybody loves. Tina, the Tina Turner musical. That's coming in April of 2024. You do these shows at venues all across the country, large cities, smaller cities. Where do we stack up in Milwaukee in terms of what we get from you? Oh, my gosh. Well, getting three Wisconsin premieres is wonderful out of the seven shows that are coming. And it's, you know, the Milwaukee audiences are very, uh, very smart. They go to New York. They see shows. They know what they want to see. They want to see shows direct from Broadway. That's what they're going to get. So that's the new Marcus season. It is out right now. Ticket plans for the upcoming season are available at MarcusCenter.org. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. No Giannis, no problem for the Bucks as they travel into Detroit and leave the Motor City with a big road win, 126 to 117. Chris Middleton scored a season-high 34 points, and the Bucs now have a two-game lead for the top spot in the Eastern Conference. Their magic number to clinch that number one seed is now at six. Over to baseball as the Brewers drop their second-to-last spring training game by a final of 12-8 to to the Rockies on Monday afternoon. William Contreras, the new catcher there, found his groove Belting in two three-run home runs, and Eric Lauer did get the start going four innings, allowing five earned runs and striking out four. The Brewers are back at it today as they take on the same Colorado Rockies. First pitch is set for 2 p.m. And finally, Wisconsin basketball is back tonight as the Badgers get ready for tip-off against North Texas in the NIT semifinals over in Las Vegas. Tip-off is set for 6 p.m. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. The Green Bay Packers will have a new look heading into 2023, one of which will not include quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Not breaking any news there. But during his media uh, session on Monday at the NFL owners meeting, Packers general manager Brian Gunikins addressed the media and was clearly trying to smooth over any confusion on what transpired this offseason in Green Bay, in case you may have missed it. 
Essentially, Goody called Aaron Rodgers a liar, saying he was unreachable this offseason in regards to his playing future when the team tried, quote, many times. That's contrary to what Rodgers just said a few weeks back. Bottom line, good for you, Goody. For the past three or so seasons, Rodgers has used his platform and his friends to appear weekly on a punter's daily talk show to take multiple low blows at his coaches, sometimes his teammates, and usually, almost always, his general manager. This time, Goody grabbed his gloves and he rang the bell. And I, for one, am happy for the guy. You can't blame a guy for getting things off his chest who just continues over the past three years, as we talked about, to get bashed for every and any decision he's ever made, always having to walk on eggshells, always curious, always wondering whether or not his quarterback is happy. It's safe to say, though, that things are changing at 1265 Lombardi Avenue, and it was about time someone decided to wear the pants to let the four-time MVP know, hey, I'm in charge, and this is how operations will go from here on out. You want to go into your offseason and do what you want, Aaron? Go ahead, have at it. But don't leave your general manager in the dark when you decide to go into the dark, when he has major questions that need to be answered, especially when those questions concern, I don't know, you, what did you expect to happen? I think it's safe to say the Packers are moving on and, by all the sounds of it, are more than ready for a fresh start. Time Sports Writer of the Year and Milwaukee Journal Center reporter Lori Nickel on the line with us this Tuesday morning. So, Lori, there's actually something else I want to ask you about in a minute, but we got to start with Milwaukee Marathon. You were supposed to run in the 5K on Sunday. The whole thing got canceled when we were in the midst of getting like a foot of snow. So, you've mm-hmm. done some reporting recently uh, on that. And uh, just, I guess, first your reaction and having the thing canceled, and then a little bit more on your interaction with the race organizers. I know they were heartbroken and really just trying to get this event back on track. This, um, well, first of all, there's a couple of different Milwaukee marathons, so I hope your your listeners understand that this particular one is fairly new. It's, it hasn't even been around for 10 years. It's had four or five now different race directors, um, three different owners, different group companies running it, and it's just had problems pretty much some kind of controversy or some type of problem basically from the second and third year on. So having a cancellation like this was just kind of a really big blow to the reputation of the race. They weren't even trying to have the full marathon on Sunday. They were just trying to get something off the ground. They whipped this together in 49 days, announced it, told people about it. And But the problem with these big races, when you get 1,000 people or more, is that you can't give out those chip timers that everybody wears to tell you what your time was. You can't do that the morning of a race, especially when the race is slated to start at 6.30 or then they change it to 7 a.m. when they realize there would be no sunlight. So all the packet pickups for those race bibs, those chip timers, were on Saturday, and that's when we were getting hammered with the storm. They didn't want to bring all these people to Milwaukee in to pick up the chip timers and then ask all the workers and the volunteers to do that, too. It was too dangerous, so at the last minute, they had to call off the whole thing. So what about you? Did you get your 5K in anyway? Did you hit the treadmill or what? 
No, I went to boot camp at the gym instead. Okay. I was just, I was done with it. And then my car got stuck in the snow, so it was fine. Everything's fine. Otherwise, great. <laughs> Talking with Lori Nickel of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I wanted to ask you about this because you've done some reporting recently on Thanasis onto Tacumbo. He's got a podcast now he calls Thanalysis. Um, didn't know about that, so thanks for uh, reporting on that because I did do some listening yesterday. I, I wish I knew more about Thanasis. How well do you know Giannis's older brother? He's great, and he is a 30-year-old with a lot of basketball experience, not just here in the United States playing for two different NBA teams, but he's played in the feeder teams as well, the G League and the other league before that was a feeder team. But he has a lot of international basketball experience as well, playing for the Greek national team and things before he even got to the United States. And He's just, he's a great person. He's so popular. I swear he could run for mayor here and win. Fans love him. People love him. But there's one person that Giannis talks to first, last, middle, more than anybody else, more than any coach or any teammate. And that's the Nassus. I used to think the Nassus was like the hype guy, like, come on, you could do this, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case. He's really talking basketball with his brother all the time. He's pointing out tendencies and trends that he sees develop in the game. And I think that's interesting. I want to know more about the person that Giannis talks to more than anybody else. And you get some of that in this podcast of the NASA's. Well, so I don't know when you're going to talk to him next. And uh, not that he's looking for advice from me, but he talks on the podcast (laughs) about how he's new at this and, you know, working his way through. And he has obviously high profile guests, you know, and he talks to other Bucks players. But I would love if, I mean, Pass it on to him if you like. Something I hear sometimes in podcasts is I'm listening first for the host. So I'm really interested in Thanasis. And I would love for him to talk a little bit more about himself. Because just like you said, I want to learn more about him as well. You know, when you have all the time in the world on a podcast, you know, tell him I I want more Thanasis. Oh, my gosh. I've been telling him the opposite. That tells you what I know. I'm like, I love that you ask the good questions and let the guests talk but I think he's going to do that you know he's going to use this platform throughout the when the season is over and he's going to talk about his family and stuff yeah I want to know all that do more okay I'll tell him that he's really interested he's really eager he's a smart guy um you know dual language that's an issue too so um he's really worked hard on this I respect him a lot for that so I'll definitely tell him how important is he to Giannis's development and his overall happiness here in Milwaukee? Everything. That's why he's here. I mean, Giannis, I, I'm telling you guys, the more I get to know him, the, the I don't think it's about money with that guy. I don't think it's about some of the other superficial things. I think the war, awards are even becoming less and less important. I think who Giannis surrounds himself with as he matures and approaches the age of 30, I think family and good people is becoming even more important if that's possible. And that family of brothers is just so tight. And the Nassis and Giannis, I mean, I wish I had a sibling like that. It, it's just Giannis tells him everything and confides everything in, you know, to him. And, and they've been through everything together. Remember, initially it was the Nassis who um, felt like he needed to take care of the family and provide for everybody and get, make sure everybody was safe getting over here to the United States and settling in. And so... In a lot of ways, Thanasis was like the young leader, the young patriarchal leader of the family initially, and that role hasn't changed too much in a lot of ways. 
Two-time Sports Writer of the Year, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reporter Lori Nickel with us this morning. Really appreciate it, Lori. Some interesting stuff. And uh, tell T.A., you know, anytime he wants to come on our show with you, that'd be good, too. Oh, he would love that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just sending messages to Thanasis through you now. Right. That's what's happening here. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's my role. <laughs> okay, great. It. Thanks, Lori. We'll talk again next week. Take care. Thank you. Business headlines are up next. Here's the Milwaukee Business Journal's Margaret Nacek. Milwaukee Tool completes a new five-story atrium at its new downtown Milwaukee office at 501 West Michigan Street. Valley Sports Wisconsin sees a 1.1 million loss in subscribers to about 800,000, according to research from S&P Global Market Intelligence. This decline comes as the network's owner has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Child Health Imprints, a Madison-based startup, has raised $2.5 million to commercialize its product in the U.S. I'm Margaret Nachuk with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ. Is community safety important to you? Then there's only one choice for Supreme Court. Judge Janet Protasiewicz. For 25 years, Janet Protasiewicz worked as a prosecutor, fighting for victims of crime and locking up dangerous criminals to keep us safe. That's a real difference between her and extremist Dan Kelly. Did you know Dan Kelly got rich defending the scum of the earth? As a lawyer, Dan Kelly defended child sex predators who posed as ministers in order to prove